Madame Tonga and her magic underwear. And uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, Madame and Messieurs, before you cast your final vote, uh, we have a surprise addition. Uh, he just came in from the rain. He is very nervous. Uh, please welcome number 22. See this later. Apologize by threatening to scream. I'm my voice. 
He's got such a great sense of humor when it comes to uh, his songs. I like that <laughs> when he said the part about barely a whisper. Anyway, Tom Carrozza always cheers me up. And what else can cheer you up? Let's see what we got. Uh, no name, word up, super story party in Washington Heights on Tuesday, February 7th. Uh, Eric Vetter is back, and he's bringing you Rhonda Hanson, T- Thomas Pryor, Alex DeSeuss, and Charles McBee. You want to check that out. That's Tuesday, February 7th, 7 p.m. Uh, for the monthly series, No Name at Word Up, Super Story Party. Music will be provided by Miles Alexander's Blue Spruce. All right, you want to check that out. It'll be curated by storyteller Michelle Carlo. Admission is free. Donations welcome. Mask and proof of vaccinations are required. That's the Word Up Community Bookshop, Library Communitarian, located at 213 Amsterdam Avenue, corner of 165th Street. Okay, go to wordupbooks.com for more information. Also, let me announce Alex DeSouz brings Late Bloomer back to Don't Tell Mama, February 11th and 15th. Uh, you can join her in special guest in the brick room as she shares her story of figuring things out a little later than most. <laughs> She's a great musician and singer, by the way. That's Saturday, February 11th at 4, and Wednesday, February 15th at 7. $20 cover charge and a $20 minimum. Uh, Must include two drinks per person, cash only. Check that out. You can go to DontTellMama.com for more information and to make your reservation. It's located at 343 West 46th Street, but you can Google anything and find it out. All right, there you go. Okay, let's continue. Uh, See what else we have going here. Let's see. Um, this is uh, I just saw it. Alan's why Bell. I just saw you, Alan. Where'd you go? Anyway, uh, let's see. Oh, this is a this is a great story. The history. Alan's why Bell is a writer, a comedy writer. Uh, done so many things. I can't even say most known for 
I guess Saturday Night Live starting out there, but he's moved on and on to films and TV shows and too many to mention. But here's a little history of how he got started, okay? I wanted to be a comedy writer. I always did ever since I was a little boy growing up on Long Island, but I was in uh, college and there was no courses, there was no curriculum, there was no way, there was no road to take to become a comedy writer. So I figured, gee, maybe I'll become a lawyer, have something to fall back on. And um, my grades were okay, but they made me take this test, uh, the, the law boards, the LSATs, are you familiar with this test? Which was, um, they're graded from 200 to 800, if you can write your name, you get a 200. If you're Albert Einstein, you get an 800. If you're me, I got a 390, which reclassified me as a mineral, like uh, right away. And I, I got a 390. I went home to Long Island, told my Jewish parents that I got a 390 on the law boards. And about a week later, this is after they uncovered the mirrors. and. Um, <laughs> and got up from those wooden boxes that they had brought in. My father handed me, my father handed me $1,000, which I then handed to a guy named Stanley Kaplan. You, you know this guy? He's all over, he's got these schools where they teach you how to prepare to take standardized tests. And for six months, $1,000, six months, I'm there with the, uh, the earphones on and the number two pencils and taking the old test and, and just really focusing on taking, retaking the law boards, which I did six months later, where my score catapulted up to a 401. <laughs> so I figured at that rate, I'd be 90 and my father would be broke by the time I got into an English-speaking law school. <laughs> So I started writing jokes for Catskill comedians, old comedians who were working the Borscht Belt, the Jewish Alps, called the Catskill Mountains. The, the Catskill Mountains in the 50s and the 60s were the spawning ground for comedians. I wrote for every Morty, Dickie, Freddie, and uh, Lee that ever lived, okay? I'm 21, they're 50 years old, and they're paying me $7 a joke. That was the rate that I got. $7 a joke. And some of them were just real pains in the ass about it because they'd only pay me if the joke got a laugh. Yeah. So what I would do is I would get in my parents' car on a Friday or Saturday night, drive from Long Island up to the Catskill Mountains, to the Concord Hotel, to the Neville Grossings, wherever it was. I'd sit in the back of the room and I'd listen to my jokes being told. And then one of the comedians, the comedian would come off the stage and he'd come up to me and he goes, boy, you know, that joke about paving the driveway really didn't get a laugh. And I said, gee, I, I heard a laugh. <laughs> and then we would bargain and, and, and I'd go home with four bucks, you know. So, you know, I was 21, they're 50. You know, it was like writing to my parents' friends. And I, there's different sensibilities and I really didn't want to... Uh, write for them, but these were the only people that I knew. And I um, looked around and go, no, I got to change something here. I got to change. And what I did was, there were two clubs in New York at the time. This is in the mid-70s now. It's a Catch a Rising Star and the Improvisation. There were two showcases where the newer breed of comedians at the time were coming through. So what I did was I took all the jokes that these older guys wouldn't buy from me, 
and I made it up into a stand-up comedy act for myself. And I went to the club, and my plan, my plan was to go on stage, deliver the jokes with the hopes that a manager, an agent, a TV executive, all of whom were hanging out at these clubs now, would like the material and give me a job. The first week that I'm there, I met a guy who was also starting out. His name is Billy Crystal. And he was starting, and we became fast friends. I lived in Woodmere, Long Island with my, my parents, and he lived in Long Beach, Long Island with his wife and kid. He's more mature than I am, okay? <laughs> and every night he would take his little blue Volkswagen and pick me up at my parents. By the way, in case it ever comes up in conversation, this is the international symbol for little blue Volkswagen, okay? <laughs> he would pick me up at my parents' house, we'd go into the city, tell our jokes, and then he would take me home. About four months into this experiment, I'm on stage about one o'clock in the morning, having the hardest time in the world making these six drunks from Des Moines laugh. <laughs> I get off the stage and I'm really upset. It was horrible. I go over to the bar and I'm hanging my head and waiting for Billy to get done so I can get a ride home. When a guy comes and he sits down next to me and just starts staring at me and staring at me and finally I go, what? He goes, you know, you're the worst comedian I've ever seen in my life. I said, I know, why, why rub this in like this? What are you doing? He said, well, your material's not bad. Did you write it? I said, yeah. He said, can I see more of it? I said, you bet. I didn't even ask who it was at first because I would have shown it to like a gardener at this point, okay? <laughs> Ends up, this guy is Lorne Michaels. Great story, isn't it? <laughs> I love that. Let's do a little anatomy bouscalar from France. Here we go.
Anatomy Buscalar. Anyway, check them out online. Very, 
very cutting edge kind of a band. And uh, let's see what else we got for you today. Okay, don't forget my books are available on Amazon, A Pocket Full of Confidence, and uh, Musings. Okay, Nancy Lombardo on Amazon. Check them out. Okay, I think we should move into the uh, comedy portion now. Uh, who, who, is, uh, who shall we play for the comedy? Okay, let's see. Okay. Oh, do Tom Carose again, because he's fun. I was alone on the road In a city in a foreign country with no one to hold I was lonely, really It was seven years since my good thing had ended so bad. I texted at the front desk and I carried my own bags up to the room. It was just another business trip, but I was getting bored and feeling the gloom deep inside. Most of the better cocktail lounges are located the major hotels, most of the better cocktail lounges are located in the major hotels, oh yeah, major hotels, I had enough of TV, and talking about my sales goals. But would settle for a beer I went down to the lobby And the night concierge Gave me a smile I asked her if she could recommend A piano bar where I could hang for a while And she said Most of the better cocktail lounges Are located in the major hotels of the better cocktail lounges are located in the major hotels, oh yeah, major Feeling pretty much the same as I felt before And a singer with dark nerve and gone keys Was crooning about our love that brought him to I provided a light and was offered a name and I said 
Tom Carosa, check him out on the internet at www.tomcarosa.com. And don't forget my television show tonight, 7 p.m. across the universe, three channels in New York City. That's the Nancy Lombardo Show. You can find that at www.nnn.org. Anywhere outside and of now, the United 10 States. 10 rip roaring 20 slang check terms due for a comeback. And me on yeah. Amazon. Legs, specifically a lady. Get a load of them gams on Louise. Her legs are like the stock market. They go up, 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 and up forever. Spiflicated. Drunk. We got spiflicated at the gin joint and wisely invested all of our money in the stock market, whose roaring performance will surely continue to the 30s, 40s, and 50s. The cat's meow, a person or thing that is extremely excellent. America's economic performance is the cat's meow, I tell ya. Giggle water. Any drink with alcohol. Oh, God, I just lost everything. I'm ruined. I need me a giggle water, and quick. Dewdropper, a young unemployed man who sleeps all day. What malarkey. Now everyone will think I'm a no-good lollygagging dewdropper. Applesauce, an expletive. There are no jobs anywhere, and the trouble boys must be zapped. Oh, applesauce. Clam, money. How many clams can I get but selling my blood? I've got a whole trench coat covered in this stuff right here. Big sleep, death. Make my own big sleep. It sounds crazy, but I have nothing left to lose. No one's onions. To be well-informed on a subject matter. This FDR fella sure seems to know one's onions. I'm sure he'll turn the economy around lickety-split. Ducky. All right. This new deal sure is ducky. And now that everyone recognizes the wisdom of long-term economic planning, the economy will be ducky forever. Bye-bye.